welcome to episode 650 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of Comic Book Podcast. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm doing good. That felt like three Mississippis, but all Listen, I change it up so you can, I don't know, complain about my Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know what I heard? No. You know what I forgot to mention on After Dark, and I'll just throw it out here? We watched The Jerk with uh, Asa this past weekend. I was... I, ugh, that's tied for my favorite comedy of all time. So. Yeah, yeah. It's that and Blazing Saddles, baby. I don't know which one's better. We're really selling it to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Even um, though it had that creepy old guy watching it with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he had to go to a <laughs> podcast eventually, so I didn't get the ch- a chance to watch the whole thing. But he liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, laughing about it and, you know, the next couple of days we went to like see my dad and stuff. Cause that's one of my dad's favorite movies too. So, right. So they did all the bits together. Yeah, they did. That's good. That's good. So, Hey, enough of my life. What do we got on the show this week? Huh? Yeah. I news the next comiXology question mark. Um, and DC is up to their old tricks with trade paperbacks. Some of Joe's favorite stuff, right? There. Oh, DC always with the tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, conventions. Um, what we read last week, which was just justice society of America. Number three, um, what we're looking forward to this week. Also, Todd and Joe have issues, and I'm starting to call it Mr. Sandman, bring us some reads, um, where we read Sandman 23 and 24. Um, and finally, uh, at the end of the show, spoiler-filled talk of the latest episode of The Mandalorian. And also, I think, Joe, you're going to give us a quick review of the Shazam 2 Electric Boogaloo? Yeah, uh, Shazam 2, uh, Fury the Gods, Um helped level up the uh aew all-atlantic title sadly double j did not win already Um, like out of the gate a double j but go ahead but uh again yeah we have to go see the movie this past weekend and we'll talk you know spoilery filled talk won't get into the whole thing about it but i got you know i got thoughts and feelings you know how it is i thought you say thoughts and prayers but anyway all right so let's kick things off with the news uh so we in a very long for a very long time uh have not done digital stuff pretty much since the Amazon purchase went through and the Comixology app has been pretty much unnavigatable since right, right. um you know we detailed it very early on and we kind of gave up and like mentioning sales and freebies just due to the difficulty at which they were to find um, Comixology almost weekly has updates of, you know, explaining how they're trying to fix things and so forth, um, but still to no avail. So now uh, there is not one, but there is two uh, new companies coming in. Um, one that has been around for a while called Global Comics with an X, uh, both on iOS and Android, if you know what that means. Um and another one that's called Omnibus uh, that's currently only on Apple devices. It's uh, not good. It's actually only on the iPad right now. It's not formatted for like PC or Android or even your iPhone just yet. Wow. Okay. Um, that's how like new, new it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, 
Um, it is two different competing companies that are signing up some of your non-Marvel, non-DC stuff. And I don't think you're ever going to see Marvel or DC become exclusive with any one thing. And I don't think you're going to see any other publisher become exclusive with any one thing. Except for Dark Horse. We don't talk about that very much. Where Dark Horse has their own separate dedicated app. Right. And, like, even pre-Amazon buyout. Um, you know, they just kind of existed in their own little world over there, which is, you know, fine. Um, but a lot of the other, you know, independent companies, Image, Valiant, Ahoy, Vault, um, Archie, and then like the manga companies and stuff are starting to sign up for these two companies as well to make their stuff available over there as well. And... You know, and there's, like, the two comparisons, so I guess it's interesting to see that there's now finally some play in the digital market, because, like I said, Marvel has their own thing, DC has their own thing, Dark Horse has their own thing, and it's been at least a year, if not more, that Comixology has been a mess that it's taken this long for not one but two uh, new services to attempt to kind of fill that void, you know? Yeah, it's like the new streaming service wars, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I was, there's, the you know, the big ones, but what about everything else that's out there? Like, maybe if we could scoop all that up and get it under one umbrella, that would be great. But let me ask you a question. Do you think at any time, like, obviously DC and Marvel's not going to go there because they have their own where it's like, you know, X amount of days since the day it comes out, you know, and it's and it's getting closer and closer to day and date from them. But could you see DC or Marvel just to, for extra cash going, all right, you can have old stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, over here it will be like six months later. Uh, when it comes out, or do you just see them saying, "Now nah, we're too big. We're going to stay in our own, you know, in our own ponds." You can, if you have a Comicsology account, right? Mm-hmm. You can still get like your individual books. Like you could still go through Comicsology and buy individual Marvel and DC books, right? But I mean, with these two new companies, do you think? Ah, uh, with these two new companies. I don't see Marvel or DC going to these other two because the other one was Amazon. At least it made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they were already there, you know? Right. Yes. Because, and that's the thing is when Amazon took over comiXology and then comiXology became the disaster that it is, <laughs> Marvel and DC didn't care because either you're going to continue to get your books digitally through that platform or if you were fed up with that platform, we have our own dedicated platform, mm-hmm. and we're going to, if you come to us on our dedicated platform, we're going to get a bigger chunk of your money. We're not going to have to cut right. Amazon or Comixology in on this. This is just right to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, where, you know, I think where the big change would come in is because right now with the Marvel books, um, you know, they still have those digital redeem codes in there. Do they really? I haven't even checked on that in forever. They do. So they do have those digital redeem codes in there, and those digital redeem codes are still connected through Comixology. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. I'm shocked that they haven't yet, or eventually will be, changed over to the only way that you could redeem those is through the Marvel Unlimited app. 
I don't know. Marvel's usually on top of their game with that stuff, so and all their websites. So I, I, I figure it's right around the corner. So we joke because both Marvel and DC's websites are a disaster. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that their app is different, right? Um, and I know that they've you know we we talked years and years ago when they first started Marvel doing their digital online platform, and it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And they've really cleaned it up in the last, like, five years. And I haven't heard any real negativity in the way that it's done. Like, just random books missing or right things not connecting the way that they're supposed to. Um, you know, obviously, DC's is, you know, a little over a year old officially, like, in this iteration. I think it they officially launched it in the version that it is, I think, maybe back in October. So it's, like, six months old, not even. And I haven't heard any real issues there other than the fact that they're still adding more and more back catalog. Um, I could see one of these two, uh, whether it be the Global Com X or Omnibus, um, getting scooped up by someone. Okay. And then that's going to be like an even bigger. And I haven't, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll say this. I haven't tried either one. I don't know how they look like and I don't know what they do, but what I assume they're attempting to do is is recreate that ease of use and functionality that Comixology used to have. Right, right, I get you. And just to be sure, could you tell me how you really feel about Comixology? I don't think you were getting that through, right? You know, the latest version of it. I really hate it. I it can sucks. tell. Like, you, like, you're not somebody to do negativity on these podcasts, but, like, you buried Comixology, like, five times during this not a little it was like just god awful like mm-hmm. so i get you but i have to take your word for it like on the whole marvel one and comicsology because i've other than a couple of times using comicsology for like free stuff i think i used it for when we did the have issue stuff and we did uh astro city one half that yeah. i knew i had it somewhere but i was like oh i you were like oh you can get it free on the thing i was like oh let me put that in my queue and I'll always have Astro City one half. And I was like, right. I think that might have been the only time I've ever used Comixology. There is a lot of free stuff on there, but... No, but finding it is a disaster. Exactly. Speaking of disasters, Todd. Right. DC's up to their old tricks again. Mm-hmm. Now, um, to coincide with the Black Adam movie that came out back uh, in October and the Shazam movie that just came out this past weekend. Uh, DC has been collecting thematic stuff with both of these characters. Um, and they recently collected or recollected a Sandman or Sandman, JSA Hawkman crossover mm-hmm. that the events of were inspired by what the Black Adam movie was, and I use that inspired by very loosely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it was, it was, um, you know, issues 46 to 58 of JSA, and issues 23, 24, 25 of Hawkman. During a great run, that jo- Jeff John's run on JSA is some of my favorite comic books of all time. Um, you know, as stuff crossed over with it, and I may have gotten some stuff out of my collection, that stuff that crosses over is still in that JSA box, you know? Right. When you purge that stuff, you got to keep the crossovers. Right. Um, but wouldn't you know, when DC collected this, 
Right. They collected the issues out of order. Eh, so, so, so maybe one issue doesn't go in the right spot. It's all right. Good. So it's supposed to go like this, Todd. And again, if, if I'm going too fast, you stop me. Okay. Okay. JSA 56. Hawkman 23. JSA 57. Hawkman 24. JSA 58. Hawkman 25. I think I see how that works. Yeah, got it. Right. Numbers go sequentially in order, one you, after the other after the other. Right. And then you 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 flip-flop back and forth between each book. Right. Simple. How, it's how a good crossover should go. Right. I don't think I don't see how you could screw this up, John. Well, here's how DC printed it, okay? Mm-hmm. JSA 56, off to a good start. Okay. Hawkman 24. Oh, <sighs> okay. Then Hawkman 23. Whoa. Wait, we could turn it around. <laughs> Wait, JSA 58. Mm-hmm. Then JSA 57. Oh. And then Hawkman 25. <laughs> Joe, okay. So they made a few <laughs> mistakes. But at least not, all the words not. are I, there, Joe. I can't hear what you're saying because I'm dying. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. A few, <laughs> a few of them are out of order. But... You know, to be fair, at least all the word balloons are there. You okay, know, so Todd, stuff. there's a big cliffhanger at the end of the book. Right. In regards to Our Man, where it's like a big punch, where he shows up during a big giant fight scene, and then he delivers a line of key dialogue that in the collection is just an empty word balloon. Right. Oh, so I'm wrong. <laughs> they got me again, DC. This is this is god awful, Joe. Like I still have my Justice League uh, International Omnibus, the first one that's missing words in a in a word balloon. That the second print has them, but I can't find a way to get it because all the all of them are sealed and nobody wants to open them up to find out if they're second prints or not. And that's a hundred blah, 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 whatever book, and they never, like, you know, made good on it. And I don't think they're going to make good on a $20 book either. It's just, like, every time this happens, like, what? Like, at least every six months, like, clockwork? They're good for at least two to three <clears throat> foul-ups a year. <laughs> right, you don't want to have to edit anything out. Mm-hmm. But this, this almost got moved after dark, just so you know. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Do you have, you should have, like, honest to God, from here on out, you should keep a, a, a sheet, because I'm not going to do it, um, next to the computer here, where it's like, all right, as of this date today, they screwed up JSA volume whatever. And now from here on out, with the date next to it, when we get the next news story, so we can see how often they're doing it. I'm just going to give you another, you know, piece of homework to do. So. Like, I can't go backwards and get all the previous ones. I just have to go forward from here, right? right? From here on out to see if they change their evil ways, Joe. <sighs> it's not evil. I don't think anyone is doing this maliciously. I, I think that they're doing this stupidly. So you're saying, uh, maybe I should have put, to see if they change their inept ways. There you go. Their inept ways. I like inept better. Right. I don't like inept better. You're the second biggest publisher in the world. What are you doing? Badly is what you're doing, Joe. <sighs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to have to start keeping track of this sort of thing. 
I'm glad. I whenever I can get you to do something else for the show. Yeah, I was already doing it like mentally, but it was one of those things where like I don't have dates and timestamps on them. I just know that there's dozens of them. Right now, you're saying inept is not the right word, and blah blah blah. But you know, because me, you know how my brain works. This is the actual definition of inept. No, Have no, you... I said inept is a good word. You said the e- you said evil, and I disagreed with evil. Right. But then you even said after that, well, in, I don't even like inept because not... they're one of the big two. But inept I don't, means I don't like that they are inept. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you didn't like the no. word. No, I got you. I got you. All right. Well, I'm going to put my uh, my my Webster's dictionary away. Just so you all know. right, Mr. Dictionary. Well, listen. Uh, I don't know if DC has any representation at one of the many many conventions going on this weekend, and it is a big convention weekend. It is. It certainly is. So we got conventions all over the greater greater United States, uh, North America, and so forth. I don't inc- I don't include the. Uh, out of the country ones. I know we have international listeners, you know, but right, you know, we're very jingoistic here at this show, you know. Right. I like. I know that word. Um, yeah. You don't. You, well, you put your you put your dictionary away. I knew I could say it. Right. Well, no, jingoistic means uh, very patriotic, right? Mm, yes. Yes. That's yes. what it means. So, this weekend we have WonderCon out in the West Coast. Uh, this is a nice, pure comic book convention, the way we like it. We got the we got big guns, man. We got Jason Aaron. We got Mitch Gerads. We got Adam Hughes, Phil Jimenez, Daniel Warren Johnson, who's on the list of people I'd love to, you know, meet and chat up, chat up, you know. Right. right. Uh, Tom King, Mark Russell, Doc Shaner, Marv Wolfman. Huge show for WonderCon, right? Right. Which Mark Russell though? Uh it is the uh, political satirist on piano. Okay, got. Yes, it. the pianist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Fan Expo in Cleveland this weekend. The Cleveland Territory having a busy weekend. Uh, on the comic book side, we've got Tom Grummet and Tony Harris. On the media guest side, we've got Carl Weathers, Christopher Lloyd, and Peter Weller. RoboCop and Doc Brown? Yes, Oof. and Apollo Creed. That's right. And you know what? They could probably all make a, get a stew going from the, <laughs> from the craft services, too. Oh, boy. But uh, do they still run fan expos? I thought they didn't make any money, especially in Cleveland. Come on now. Okay, just asking. Write down (laughs) married with children. Okay. All right. Uh, So uh, then we have the Lexington Toy and Comic Show in Lexington, Kentucky. And this is a biggie. We've got media guests. We've got comic book people. And we've got the stars of sports and entertainment. Uh, We've got Glenn Fabry, Jim Starlin, Larry Hama, Pete Tomasi, Kyle Starks, friend of the show, is going to be there. Uh, We have Sylvester McCoy is going to be there. Ooh. A rare doctor sighting. Mm -hmm. He's getting Uh, up there. Need to meet him. We have both Raimis, Sam and Ted. Ooh. Both kinds. Yes. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express from the world of sports and entertainment. Uh, sexual Chocolate and Mark Henry. Oh, how's his baby hand doing? Uh, right where he left it. Okay. And uh, Sexual Vanilla, Dan Housen, whoever that is. I, I, I think I know of him. Yes. That's the guy who uh, he looks like uh, Kiss, but combined into one little guy. There you go. I was going to see where's this, where's this going, huh? <laughs> right. 
King Diamond. That's who it reminds me of. But of all the conventions going on this weekend, and there's some biggies, right? Right. The one that I think we could, uh, I've rebranded the helicopter as a soon-to-be-named network helicopter. Right. Just in case anyone on the uh, on the network wanted to use it, uh, would be going to, and that would be GalaxyCon in Richmond, Virginia this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we can get a group trip going, okay? There's something for everyone here. Yep. Uh, we got Charlie Cox, who's the Daredevil. We got Stephen Amell, who's the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. We got David Tennant, who's a Doctor Who. Right. We've got Bill Shatner and Walter Koenig. Oh, my God. I, they go, I hope they don't seat them next to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the comic book side, we got John Romita Jr. We got Dan Jurgens. I'd like to get a Superman sketch, not Cyborg, from him. Right. Uh, Mark, Mark Bagley. Dan DiDio is going to be there. Ooh. And, Todd, if that wasn't enough. Right. Corey Feldman's going to be there. Ooh, one of the Frog Brothers. And Barry Bostwick is going to be there. Oh, my God. Megaforce pick opportunity. I did not see the Megaforce bike was going to be there, but again, apparently GalaxyCon likes making money, just not a lot of money. Right, and that would definitely be for me, but would Dave Foley be for you? I would. Well, again, Dave Foley's for me. Uh, you know, John Romita Jr.'s for me, Dan Jurgens, Dan DiDio, uh, you, know, uh, you know, media people. You know, I'd, I'd get a Barry Bostwick Mark picture with you. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm getting my own. My my wife, we all have the same phone, but my wife's phone, she did some sort of gimmick where whenever she takes a picture, it does like this animated thing with it, right? Right. I would have to figure out how to do that on my phone so me, you, and Barry could do the the kiss thumbs up as the, like, right. make our own gif of it, of the three of us doing it. Right. The thumbs, the, th- the thumb kiss is like, yes. yes, definitely down with that. Yeah. Well, that would be our show, uh, that would be, that would replace... What the show uh, image is. Oh, yeah? It would be us with Barry Bostwick, Megaforce style. <laughs> well, again, unfortunately, we don't have time to put together our Megaforce jumpsuits for this oh, weekend. But Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Megaforce jumpsuit in the closet upstairs ready All to right. go. I have my Jackie Gleason jumpsuit in the closet here. That's... <laughs> I have my Buford T. Justice one, too. No, this is... <laughs> this is hosting You Bet Your Life, Jackie Gleason. <laughs> right. Or whatever it was that he hosted. Uh, but like I said, it's a busy convention weekend. We got, we'll have links to all of the conventions if any of these sound appeasing to you. And again, we don't read through the entire guest list of everything, just kind of the yeah. highlights, you know. If you want to check them out for yourself, you know, all of this information is always in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, along with information about the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named-network.com and soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of these shows go live or anytime any of the folks from these shows go on other shows, you could find them there. And these shows include but are not limited to Longbox Heroes, this show, Longbox Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Wings on Wings, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, No Chance in Helmet, uh, Heat with Heaters, and Dog on Dog. <laughs> right. 
And by speaking some of these shows into existence, hopefully they will become real at some point. Right, hopefully. Uh, you can also check out some of our friends and what they're up to on the internet. You can go head over to Mike Sterling's blog at ProgressiveRuin.com. You can go check out our friend Kevin's blog at MassedLibrary.com. Uh, you can go check out Rick Williams' The Chop Shop at FreeKarateChops.StoreEnvy.com. Uh, longtime listeners of the show, and that's long with like nine O's, Jason Runt and, or Chris Runt and Jason Sandberg have self-published comics uh, that we have linked up where you could purchase them directly from them. And we're actually going to have Jason on the show next week uh, so that he could discuss his Indiegogo campaign that he's going to be launching for the next chapter of Jupiter. Uh, you can check that information out there. Our good friend Dave Tomain of the band Cave People and artist Ro Sovia have put out a self-published book called Keeper that we have the link there for that as well. And of course, if you do not have a comic book store in your area or you do not have a good comic book store in your area, let our store be your store. Comics on the Green, we have their social media linked up. Uh, Facebook is the primary uh, force that Dave and the crew use to let you know when the new books are in, where there's going to be snow closing, sh- sh- store closings allegedly for snow, <laughs> uh, when the final order cutoff dates are for certain books, what the new hot books to be looking forward to, sales, all sorts of things. And also you could sign up for their mail order subscription service, get your stuff mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And if you do, there's a chance you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky. You can go check out her social media, which is linked up here as well, where you can see her commissions, her process, her prints. Uh, no portfolio yet. Now that uh, her Kickstarter thing that she was doing the pinup in is over, we could start haranguing her about getting a portfolio together. Yes. I don't want my knuckles wrapped so you can do it. You know, listen, uh, that'd be something good to have in hand uh, in about six weeks for free comic book day i'm just saying you're a smart man joe hey listen uh, listen i I know how to make money for other people you know that's right all right so uh hey uh check out all the links all that's in the show notes uh let's get into what we read from this past week and the book that we both read this past week was justice society number three uh written by jeff johns with art by mikhail janine Yes, um, which is uh, Huntress, a future Huntress, this daughter of both Catwoman and Batman, future Catwoman and Batman, you know, ricocheting through time. Um, and at this point, she's basically with more of a modern day justice society because she keeps seeking out Dr. Fates through different times. And the Kent Nelson version couldn't help her. So she's with this one. And while that's going on, we're getting a side story in the past because this is wartime is the name of the issue. And we get to see the the unknown soldier bringing important information about Per Degaton, one of Joe's favorite characters, uh, by the Unknown Soldier. And you know it's important because the envelope is uh, a manila and the old-timey ones with the string around the two <laughs> wheels on it. Um, always love those. And he ends up, you know, we get to see kind of the origin um, of how, like, when uh, Sergeant Rock and Easy Company attacks him during his experiment and he becomes the time traveler. 
which is all great through, you know, we get that timeline of per Degaton in World War II and kind of the end of it. And then, Joe, in one of the greatest things in this comics, it's one of my favorite bits in all of Marvel history, is they mention the last bullet fired in World War II. It's just a small throwaway thing, but uh, it was established at one point that uh, Sergeant Rock was the last soldier killed in the in World War II right after the ceasefire. And I was always a mark for that. Like, that was one of my favorite things. And the fact that Jeff Johns, because it was kind of like, it was definitely a thing, and then it was kind of maybe phased out with, like, all the crises and stuff. I like that Jeff Johns brought that back here. That's just a personal thing. Um, big fan of that. And then in the present time uh catwoman's like well my mother or conscious like catwoman my mother gave me a globe um i think it's kind of helping me along so they're going to get information for for that they go they split up the group go one way and then she goes the other way and fights triangle man oh which is always a good fight um and like we kind of maybe you know we'll see the villain pop up in this i will say i like i both loved and kind of disliked this issue one loved it because of the sergeant rock moment that i said the other is a lot of jeff johns once again because he's a like a historical know-it-all of dc where he's like all right this happened and this happened yes in that jsa run that me and you love but also here's something that happened in the golden age and it's like okay slow down on the information you're starting to overwhelm me a little bit but otherwise, seeing the wartime characters, I really liked. And the art's beautiful. And it's starting to come together as a, as a not confusing story right now. So I really enjoyed this issue more than the other ones a little bit. Yeah, you make a great point. So, I, again, I do take a little offense to you saying that I uh, sarcastically am a fan of Per Degaton. I'm okay with Per Degaton, right? Well, I never said sarcastically. Because every time you're like... Uh, especially during Stargo, you're like, and you know, per Degaton, they said that name out loud on videotape, and I love it. So, uh, and then the the nurse with like the head of the the, the the Mr. Bones thing, like her outfit looked very per Degaton esque, right, you know. Right. Um. Okay, I thought you were being sarcastic when you said that I was a fan, right? No, but you oh, don't you say that? So okay. So okay, I like this because it's Jeff Johns and it's these characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like these characters because of Jeff Johns, but I've grown to love these characters more because of the history that these characters have, right? Yep. Um, I know there are people out there that hate the Jeff Johns versions of these characters. And I don't think I will ever be in that uh, camp to be the one who hates these versions of these characters. But in this book alone, you have like no less than four different versions of the JSA. Yep. All competing for the same 20 pages of a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. And it does get to be a little, I don't want to say confusing, but needlessly elaborate. I get that he's attempting to get over the time travel stuff and that he's tr- attempting to get over the legacy stuff and trying to refold some of this Golden Age stuff into the stuff that he did, but also to establish new stuff and also to get over some of the new characters and the new people. Like, I know we've only got three issues of this so far and, you know, they've been late, but (laughs) they're really given the new Dr. Fate the push. 
Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is, and I didn't mind it. I liked it, but I, it's like on top of all this information that we're getting, then when Huntress comes to this time and she's like, Oh, that's wildcat. The only person my mother ever really liked the only JSA member she talked about with respect. And she gives each of the members like what she remembers about it. I'm on top of the, like, I know all these characters, but when they get, like, into, like, deep in the woods with Dr. Midnight and Wildcat about something that happened in Eclipso, like, not the Darkness Within crossover, the issues that happened later where people died in a rainforest, I'm like, wow, this is just a lot of information on each character for someone who, for me, it's tough to take in. For a new reader, it make it. I think it would be a lot of input to try to sift through. That's more of like kind of what I'm saying. Right. Um, and, and I will also say this one other thing, I guess that'll be in the positive column for me. Uh, one, I wish that this book wasn't late and two, that they didn't cancel star girl because the current day version of the JSA is so inspired by the, who we saw at the end of that last season in star girl. I really hadn't noticed. It. Like, <laughs> now, I love it. I love just it. Just in case you're wondering, that was sarcasm. Um, but no, I'm with you. And I feel like all in all, because of this, like it was per degaton season four, of star man, star girl, right? Correct. That was the villain that it was going to be. They never say, but it, it had to be. And this was like kind of the, the template for it and everything, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, like I said, I like the book. It's just, you know, I feel as though unless you have, um, like, a, a history with these characters, um, especially with, um, I, and again, I'm trying to think of, I could see it being a difficult book with the lateness to get involved with. Yeah. I guess. So that's really all we've read from this past week, right? Yeah. That we crossed over on. I think so, yes. Okay, so if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get your books digitally, whether you get them sent to your home. However it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Uh Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I'm currently in the lead with two correct guesses over Todd. Mm. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel bad. I feel All bad. Right. Um, so it's my turn to go first. Looking That's at correct. Your list is the book you're looking forward to most Superman 2? No. Ooh, Swamp Thing Green Hell 3. No. All the other books. <laughs> Nightwing 102. Okay. Uh, I had, so I, I get my links, you know, um, remember last week when I said DC might have had their site back together? They don't. Oh, um, no. <laughs> save it for After Dark. I had, I'm looking at Superman 2 and Nightwing 102, right? As the, like, I'm like, which of, these are the two that I'm most looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Superman is new, Nightwing, we've been with this iteration of Nightwing for about a year plus now, right? Right. And, you know, they're both kind of starting-ish new stories, you know, coming off 100 for 
on Nightwing and coming off the new creative team on Superman. And I'm like, I've been with Nightwing more. I'm going with Nightwing. Fair enough. Um, looking at your list, I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Superman number two. I'm going to lie, but no, I'm going to say it's yes, that's it. Uh, the other book that I am definitely looking for, and I'm shocked that it's not on your list, is Batman One Bad Day, Rish Agul. I got to ask you, who's uh, who's the creative team on that? Tom Taylor and Ivan Hayes. I know those two people. Yep. Um, the, the One Bad Day stuff is kind of not on my radar. It's not either until I saw the Tom Taylor and then on top of that, it's, uh, what do you call it? Ivan's artwork is absolutely gorgeous on it. I, I kind of leaf through some preview pages, so, uh, but good stuff. It's, it's a big week, but, uh, if they have extras at the shop, I'll probably pick it up, you know? I have a feeling you might not on the, on the price tag, so. Oh, okay. Well. I believe it's an extra, extra expensive issue this week. Oh, boy. Oh, listen, it's just one less stake this week, you know? That's right. What, are you going to buy a box set of hardcovers or something? Right, exactly. Wait, 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 I was going to say, what am I buying, two uh, helmets? That'd be crazy talk. Exactly. Um, so, hey, uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I are up to, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, or the current ongoing saga that we have here at Todd and Joe Have Issues, where we are doing our full reread of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And it's not just 1 through 75. It's all the miniseries, all the ancillary stuff, all the one-shots, all the short stories, everything. Todd put this list together. Uh, you know, I have the fishbone of it every week in the post for Todd and Joe have issues. Uh, if you want a little bit more clarity on what we're going to be reading and in what order, be sure to shoot me an email and I will be more than happy to point you in that direction. Yes. And uh, this is the part of the show where I turn things over to Todd. Yes, sir. Um, so we're on Sandman issue 23, um, written obviously by Neil Gaiman, art by uh, Kelly Jones, inked by uh, uh, Malcolm Jones III, beautiful art together. So Sandman has decided he's going down into hell to retrieve his uh, old lover Nada, Nada from uh, Lucifer's grip. Um, and he is, you know, to the to the hilt. He's got the helm on. He's ready with all his uh, tools, and he's going down, ready for a fight. Um, and I do like that as he's going down, he's discussing what it feels like to enter um, hell. And he's just like, I am so cold. And he's like, okay. Uh, he's here now, and he kind of, like, sees the city sprawled out behind him. And he's like, he's ready. The entrance, like, I'm going to go through the main entrance, but if there's any problem i'm ready to storm the gates um but he starts to realize he's like I, my my visit's supposed to be and an, and you know anticipated but like i'm unopposed and then he starts to realize that there's you know like he, something seems off so he's like okay it seems easy um and he goes well i'm gonna go to where the last i saw her in her cage kind of a deal and he's like like strange he's like i can't believe that my task is this simple but perhaps it will be a hope in hell joe never a good thing right so he gets there and he looks in the the cell and she's not there and he kind of loses it um and he's like screaming her name he's like a, a rare show of emotion like that yeah. out of morphe 
Yes. Right. Like just screaming her name. And he's like, now he's, uh, he's onto it. He's like, there's something truly wrong here. He's like, he listens. He's like, I feel nothing. I have, like, I hear nothing. I see nobody. He's like, hell is completely still. So he ends up, he's like, okay, I'm He summons Lucifer. He screams his name. He comes, he's like, and I like, he's like, where is she? What have you done to her? Where have you hidden her? And he's like, oh, it's like dream. Take that silly helmet off and we'll talk. And he's like, I have, I will not be tricked by you. He's like, and I like, this is like where you say a rare moment of like anger or emotion from Sandman. He's like, my sweet Morpheus, are you scared of me? And Morpheus is just like, yes. Like, yes. He's like, he's like, okay, I'll make you a promise while you're within the boundaries of hell. I will do nothing to harm you. Um, now take that helmet off. We'll talk about your lady love. And Sandman takes the helmet off. And you can see, like, re- like he's sweating, Joe. Like, because he, he established that he is not any, like, capable of taking down the second most powerful being in the universe. And he's like, uh, no, he's like, okay, with all this done, I'm going to tell you what's going on. I've quit. And Sandman, three panels in a row, taken aback. He does not know how to handle this. He looks shocked. Then he's kind of like, huh? And then he like wants to ask a question. And he's like, basically, like, stop staring at me with that ridiculous uh, uh, look on your face. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm going to explain it to you. Come with me. And while I have like certain things to do, we'll have a discussion. I, there's some proper like things that I have to do. And he's like, kind of like, and you understand the importance of, you know, responsibilities. And he goes and along the way. He's like, I got to go see one of the last, the last people here. And there's this guy chained to a rock. His skin is flayed. And he's got all this stuff. And he's like who he is. And he's like, I'm this. And he's like, he's like, you know, you're going like, you're done leave. And he's like, no, I'm, and he gives his litany of like things that he's done. And I like that more. Uh, Lucifer's like, listen, he's like, Nobody remembers who you were. Nobody remembers the things you did. The country you're from, nobody could even find on a map in this day and age. Um, and he's kind of like, did, did you not hear me? He's like, I, 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 who I am? He's like, I don't care. Enough go. And he just winks him out. He's like, you're gone. Out of hell. And he's like, um, Morpheus, like, where, where are you sending these people? He's like, away. I don't care. I don't care where they go. Um, but this place is over. And he's like, oh, uh, there's a few more. And there's like demons there. And he goes and they end up like, like you know, just like just cocking off to him. They're like, you know, I'm not leave. We're, you know, this is wrong kind of a deal. You know, you're no master of mine kind of a deal. And he's like, mm, leave all of you now. Like you're gone. You too. And he's like, basically, that's the last of them. And Morpheus is like, I, I don't get it. He's like, I keep trying to tell you it's over. I have closed hell. And he's like, how can you even do something like that? He's like, billion years here, uh, 10 billion years, long time. Nothing ever kind of changes. He's like, uh, he's like, I'm just tired. He's like, uh, he, and he basically gives the, the, like, he's like, do you remember what I was like before I fell? And he gives the thing. He talks about him in the Silver City. And, you know, he was very, like, beautiful, but kind of, like, pompous. And the war and the fall. It's just, you know, the fall of Lucifer. Um, 
And he's like, ah, he's like, I'm just, you know, reminiscing. He goes, but I have a few more doors to seal and erase. And he's like, and he's got this immaculate, elaborate key. Um, and he's like, uh, he's been telling him, like, we're not so different. He's like, you rule a world of uh, dreamers, sleepers, and of stories. A simple place of, you know, compared to hell, but I envy you. Um He's like, it's just it's just 10 billion years of people, masochists, all of them, burn me, freeze me, eat me, hurt me, and we did it. And he's like, um, he's like, but I found myself their, you know, their lord and master, and he's like, you know, ridiculous creatures came here and they they they, they bowed to me, stupid like peoples with their rhyming schemes and <laughs> haikus talking about the demon and everything. And they even like had their little wars and I let them have it because it it you know it entertained me. All the stuff that you've seen in all uh the, the comics over the years of anything that had to deal with hell. He's like, I was a part of that. It was just I was letting them do it just to have some fun. And he's like, he's talking about the souls. He's like, I don't make them come here. They blame them. They have their own lives. They're like, the devil made me do it. He's like, I have never made one of them do anything. Never. He's like, um, he's like, and how could anyone own a soul? He's like, they belong to themselves and they just hate to have to face up to it. It's not me. Um, and he's like, so now it's over. I've sent them all the way. Um, I'm to limbo to the far realms. Who knows? He's like, I can't imagine what it's going to be like on earth when the dead start coming back. He's like, now I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, I can't return to the silver city. If I wished I could, even no matter how hard I wish I could never be an angel again. Um, what will I do now? Could lie on a beach somewhere, perhaps listen to music, build a house, learn how to dance or play the piano. Maybe he'll do one of those things, Joe. Maybe he mm-hmm. will. Um, he's like, uh, he's like, well, he's like, uh, you know, um, strangely enough, dream. I owe my decision to you for all this. He's like, to me, he's like, yep. When I heard you were accompanying, um, th- this is what gave me like the, the impetus to do it. Um, to, that I should have done a millennia ago. He goes, this is the ultimate freedom, the freedom to leave. He goes, uh, I thought you were going to like wipe the floor with me. And he goes, he could tell you were going to fight, didn't you? He's like, uh, but I'm tired of fighting Morpheus, Morpheus, but your responsibilities. Once again, Morpheus is all about responsibilities. Like, how could you walk away from this? He's like, I have no responsibilities. Not anymore. The last of the gates and the entrances are closed are sealed. Hell is closed. Um, I can't think of Mazikeen shows up and she's basically like, you're, you're my master. I'll follow with you to the end. Ahead, yeah, she's the one from last week we were talking about where like she has like half the face all messed up, you know? Yeah. And she's like, I am not your your you know, your master, you're free to do whatever, but it, you know, kind of fills my heart that, you know, that you that you cared for me. Uh one last favor, could you give me your knife? And a horrific piece of artwork. He gives her a deep soul kiss. Mm, um, I, I I concur. Yep. And he's uh and he's like, it's enough for me to know that you care. I thank you. Now go. He's like, this is okay. one of the few times where I understood some of what uh, Mazikeen was saying. Yes. Uh, Neil kind of kind of like really worked to do it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. This one, I think because it was important. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's like, I have one last favor of you that needs doing. Um, cut my wings off. Um, and he's like, okay. 
He goes, if that's what you wish, but I have one thing. He's like, I came here to, for a woman to free her. Her name is Nada. He was like, I remember her. He's like, where is she? He's like, he's gone uh, somewhere. He's like, I have no idea. There's a lot of like refugees kind of a deal. And this is where he says, um, you know, they c- could be anywhere. Uh, but I wonder what they're going to do when the dead start coming back. He's like, perhaps you'll find her. Um, I wish you luck. Now return to your realm and I will take leave of mine. And he goes, oh, by the way, before you go, I swore that I would destroy you once. Did I not? He's like, yes, you did. He goes, guess what? We're not in the bounds of hell anymore. So my promise not to hurt you while there. He's like, this is for you. And he's like, the key to hell? He's like, yep, it's yours. It's yours now. Perhaps it will destroy you. Perhaps it won't. But I doubt it will make your life any easier. It's all yours now, Morpheus. You're the sole monarch of a locked up and empty hell. Perhaps I had given it to you with my best wishes. I could have told you that I hoped it would bring you happiness. But somehow, somehow I doubt it will. And Morpheus is just like, I feel cold. And and like Lucifer's just like backing away, like kind of like disappearing. And you're like, maybe, you know, this isn't good. You know, like we were thinking it was going to be this big, like drawn out battle. And he's like, no, I'm walking away and. This is probably going to bring you a lot of grief. Here you go. <laughs> and it's Lucifer's plan, so you know it's a good one, Joe. And this is one of those plans that I read and I knew was going to happen. But when it happened, it still took me by surprise that this was the way that Lucifer chose to not only fight, but attempt to beat Dream. Yep. And, you know, pulling the ultimate gambit, right? Um, there's so many shots in here, especially like right before, uh, right after, uh, uh, Lucifer gives Morpheus the key. And there's that bit where he has his hands in front of his face where Lucifer almost looks mischievous in what he's doing. Right. Right. Yep. Um, knowing exactly full well, um, what the ramifications are of giving such a large piece of real estate, prime real estate. To somebody who, as you mentioned in going through all of this, holds honor and duty and responsibility above all else, you know? Right. Um, This issue very much reads like Neil's pitch to do a Lucifer series. Which they end up doing, but he Which they would end up doing sometime from now, but that's what this issue very much feels like, obviously, in retrospect, you know? Right, and that, like, not to go off on a tangent with that, but that Lucifer run was really, really good, that first one. Mm-hmm. And then they would go and turn that into a TV show and turn it into a crime procedural, like I always love when they do. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, like, just just great. And like you said, I know the plan. I'm not going to spoil any of the plan, like, like what the ramifications were. But what a... To, to, like, take your expectations and just turn them on your head. You know what I mean? Like For sure. Like, I thought this whole issue was going to be, like, him wiping the floor with him, and he doesn't. And he's just, like, nice. You know, like, when the devil's nice, have fear, Joe. And it's just, like, what comes of it. And, th- th- like, I, we keep saying it. The ramifications of this key goes for another 75 issues, even when you think it's over. You know what I mean? Now, it, Todd, ahead. I have to say, you mentioned the key. Yep. Key's a cool-looking prop. I may have that prop, Joe. I was going to say, I know they made that prop. I was going to ask if you had it. So I would have guessed 
uh, if I, I, w- I would have bet my money that you had it. Yes. Yeah, I may have to look it up. I have it in my thing. I may. Who knows? Maybe we'll use that for the show <laughs> image. I'll send it to you. No, but uh, I have it. It's fantastic. Um, it comes. It looks just like that. Maybe yeah. like a version of it through this this run, and then it comes with a little stand that you can like ha- like prop it on. Right. No pun intended. Just fantastic. That's one of those ones where by the time that this was solicited, um, like maybe my finances weren't to be I like if I remember correctly, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was like seventy-five to a hundred dollars of like nineteen ninety-eight money or something. It probably was. Yeah. Um and I don't think I think it was one of those things that came out like way after. Oh yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the Sandman merchandise, like like as we talk, like in '92 ish, like some of the first stuff rolls out is like the uh, the Sandman statue, which we'll we'll be getting to, and uh, um, like and then there's some watches, and then it's like literally like once they have like most of the series in the can, it's like this is when they start rolling out all the merch. They're like, this is a beloved thing. Let's ring every last dollar that we can out of this. So yeah, I don't remember when the key to hell came out, but I was like, I definitely want one. And I think they go for Buku big bucks online now. Um, so it came out in 2000. I said 99. I was close. Um, mint in box, Todd. Yep. Uh, you're looking about $1,300. Mm. And you wouldn't know, like, mint in box is different with this stuff because there was no uh, tape on the boxes. Mm. So as long as you still have the, like, you could put it back and nobody would would have any idea that it came out because I remember getting this stuff all this stuff from DC direct at the time there was no seal there was no nothing you would just come out come out and check it as long as you put it back to me that's mint in box if that makes any sense um there's people you know obviously there's people that have um just the item itself um, and it looks like it was limited. It was limited to only 850 pieces. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, but it, 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 there are, and again, buyer beware. Um, if you do go searching it out, there are people that 3d print their own. Right. So be careful if this is something you want to have in your collection. You know what I mean? Yep. I just found because there was a time when I was and I was doing Todd rummages, like found rummaging at my house. Um, and I have all my Sandman stuff like in a Google photos thing because I took all the pictures. So I have like all the statues, all the toys, all the thing. And I just found uh, the box for and the, the key to hell picture. So downloaded it to my phone again and I have it now. So that'll be something I'll be tweeting out or doing something with later for sure. Um, so on to issue 24, Joe? Yes. Um, art Once again, Neil Gaiman, art by uh, Kelly Jones, but this time um, he's inked by a PK, Craig Russell, which is interesting, which does give it a slightly different look as we go through. I mean, uh, Kelly Jones's art kind of uh, definitely rings through, but I could definitely see the differences between Malcolm Jones's uh, inking just a little bit and P. Craig Russell's. You know what I mean? Right. 
Um, so this starts out with, you know, um, Odin thinking to himself, he's like, he gets the, he gets the Iggy from his, uh, his, uh, Ravens hugging and Mooney, uh, uh Moonin. That's I'm, so they come in the t- basically tell him what's happened with, uh, hell. So he's like, Hmm, I know who I need. And he ends up going down and this is like the Norse gods. This is all like, like accurate to what the mythology is, uh, not the like obviously the Marvel Comics version or any anything else, and he goes down to like below the earth where Loki is tied with entrails, and there's a snake that drips venom onto his eyes, and that acid and and his wife is there with a bull and catches it, and then when the bull fills up, she's got to empty it, but during that time that she's emptying it, the stuff falls into his eyes, like he curses her, kind of a deal. Um, and then she puts the bowl back and every time he, sh- uh, winces in pain, that's what causes earthquakes. Um, so Odin comes and he's like, Oh, would you come to like gloat over me or whatever? And he's like, no, he's like, uh, we know that we all die, that you're here. You're stuck here until Ragnarok, which is the end of the, the Norse gods. He's like, yeah, I know. But what if we could, what if we could change that? And he's like, how would we change that? That's stupid. We have nowhere else to go. And he's like, what about hell? And he's like, you're going to fight Lucifer. Good luck with that. He's like, no, he's like abdicated. He's like, so it's ours. He's like, but I need you like, but I need you to kind of be good. And he's like, all right, I'm with you for now. Um, so we cut to Morpheus. He comes back and he's like, uh, he's like, I'm back. And I like when, uh, they asked him, he's like, did you win? And Morpheus just straight up goes, no. And he's like, was there a fight? Did you get the woman you were losing? Did you get the woman you were looking for? And did you lose or give you any trouble? And he's like, no, no, and no. They're like, what happened? He's like, I'll tell you later. And he's just like, I think the weight of everything that's like, that has happened is coming down on him. So Odin goes and he finds Thor and he's like, all right, I want to talk. He's like, oh, this betrayer, you're, you're bringing him along. He's like, yeah, I'm bringing him along, but I'm bringing you along to keep him in check. He's like, so we have to do this. We're going off to uh, the dreaming. And, you know, Sandman, basically, I like this again. He ends up kind of like it just in thought really quick. He's reminiscing about what happened last issue. And they do the one panel of Lucifer laughing at him. And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, and he smashes a mirror then he like uses his dream power to put it back which is kind of cool now we see i i do want to interrupt here real quick so obviously you mentioned that we have a different anchor on this issue right Mm -hmm. where you really tell the difference is on the close-ups of the endless's faces yep that's where the real difference in the inking comes through on this um, you know, from the previous inker to this current inker. Obviously, we have close-ups of like a lot of close-ups of faces, close-ups of Odin, close-ups of Loki, close-ups of Thor, and they all look like Kelly Jones art style. But for some reason, like we get those close-ups of Dream, and we get a couple a little bit later on here of Death, and they just look I don't want to say softer, but they definitely don't have that edge that the Kelly Jones art typically has. And I feel as though to make the endless look softer, different, whatever with Kelly Jones's art was a diff, uh, was a 
a, a definitive decision made. Sure, but that's also his style. So sure. Yeah, Craig Russell is like a smoother. And I will say you're right, like because they definitely do have more of an edge with Kelly Jones and uh, Malcolm uh, and Malcolm Jones's art. This is definitely. Uh, I don't know, just not as emaciated kind of a deal, especially on Morpheus's face. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, Kelly Jones would do the, or uh, Malcolm Jones would do the, like the sunken cheeks with ink and everything like that. And here they seem more robust and rounder and smooth. So definitely a, uh, a thing. Um, So uh, kind of Morpheus summons uh, uh, dream. Well, right. Okay. So we see more people coming too. We see um, order and chaos right. um, send their. Uh, uh, you know, we see two side by side panels going down. Obviously, orders is very neat, very tidy, very clean white and black boxes. Where chaos's boxes kind of sort of look like the speech pattern that we saw last week of uh, delirium. Right. Yep. yep. And they are both sending emissaries somewhere. Probably yes. the same place that Odin and Thor and Loki are headed to. Yep, yep. Um, I was, and yeah, I kind of got that. I was going to jump to this and then kind of go back. I'm kind of trying to keep it in order in my head. So he summons, Morpheus summons Death to talk to him. And he's like, uh, he's like, she's like, what are you, what are you doing? I, you know, make it fast. I'm kind of in a hurry. He's like, well, you kind of chided me for not calling out when I had a problem. Now I have a problem. She's like, shoot. And I like that because he doesn't understand that kind of talk. Shoot, he's like, tell me what's wrong. He's yeah, like, go ahead, like, shoot. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, she so, talks to so, one of the jerky boys. Yep. So, uh, so Morpheus shoots on death. Right. So he's like, uh, I went to get to, to to go see Nada, and she's like, I know, went to hell, found Lucifer, had uh, turned everyone out, and she's like, yep. Uh, and she's like, now, you know, he gave you the most desirable plot of psychic real estate and. and in the whole order of things and now it's all yours and he's like yep so what do you advise me to do he's like i don't know what do you want to do open it for a skiing resort turn it into a theme park sell it to the highest bidder he's like it's your choice it's like i do not know he's like you'll figure out something i have to run this is a whole thing is a can of worms um and there nobody's doing anything about it i'm doing what i can but the dead are coming back little brother the dead are coming back um, so like chaos and order and the, and the Norse gods, um, the silver city, uh, sends two people, uh, two angels to, uh, you know, be their emissary. Now, one thing about the silver city is, um, a lot of people mistake that the silver city is heaven, but it's not, it's just where the angels reside. Um, no like souls go there because that was one thing that Neil always was like, no, that's not it. It's completely different from heaven um, because there's no people there, if that makes any sense. Um, so they, you know, they go down um, in limbo. That's where all the cast out uh, demons and stuff from hell went. And they're like, uh, you know, we're going to go and we're going to use our, uh, you know, our might. And we got some leverage and we're going to go and we're going to get our home back kind of a deal. And one of the guys that is there is Chorazan, who was the one that Morpheus fought for the helm back in Sandman 4. And they're like, yeah, he's going to return our lands. We don't have to worry about it. And if he doesn't, 
we'll help him make up his his mind because uh, he's a reasonable be- being after all, and he'll be willing to trade. Isn't that right, little Miss Nada? Nada. So they have Nada Soul or whatever. They have a that, bargaining chip, right? That he wants her, so that's going to happen. Um, so Matthew the Raven in the dreaming, he goes back to Eve's cave, who we've met, you know, in passing in the past, and that's kind of always where we found where Matthew's uh, goes. Like that's kind of where he lives, kind of a deal. And she's talking to him. He's like, "Oh, uh, the the boss is being moody. He's still hiding in his castle. He won't talk to anybody." And she's like, "He's like a child." Um, and she's like, he moved the castle up to the mountaintop. He's like, he's expecting unwelcome visitors. He only does that when he's feeling anti-social. I'm, I'm sure, you know, he'll work this out. He always does. Um, and he's like, I hope he, you know, he feels, I've never seen him like this before. She's like, he has his black moods. He's like, worse than this one sounds. He's like, uh, but, uh, he's had much worse. He's like, there's nothing we can do but wait. Um, so, like, the keepers of the gate call the Morpheus, and they're like, he's like, Morpheus, he's like, go away. He's like, we have visitors. It's like, tell him I'm not taking visitors this time. He's like, they're envoys. He's like, some of them are gods. Like, these are, these, these are powerful people. We're gatekeepers. But we cannot keep them all out if they start to force their way in. Not unless you lend us your strength. He's like, what shall we do? And once again, a defeated look. And I like the fact that he's wearing a ripped shirt. He's just like, let them in. And, uh, you know, obviously Thor's at the door losing his stuff because he's like, you know, the, the pompous jerk that he is. And he's like, um, we have the the people at the gate. The gate people are like, go ahead, go to the throne room. He'll meet you in his throne room. Enter here and announce yourselves. Um, and I'm not going to go through the litany of them all, but, uh, you know, there's like the Anubis and a Japanese version. And the only one that's, that I'm going to kind of touch on is Shiv- Shivering Jemmy, which, uh, is the agent of chaos, which was an idea that Neil wanted the agent of chaos to look like, because that was what his daughter had dressed for a birthday party around the time of the, uh, <laughs> of the, uh, uh, writing of this. And he's like, okay, that's what she's going to look like. I'm going to give the notes. And then a shivering Jemmy is, uh, was a, was a, a trick a beggar used. He would like shake and, and beg for cash in like, in like Victorian times. So that's where that uh, actually comes from. And so dream comes. I would be remiss not to mention, of course, the Lord of order as well, mm-hmm. uh, who I like their bit here where there's a gentleman there. Who looks, you know, very, uh, you know, almost like Buddha-like, if you will, right. uh, saying, "I have the honor to be the personal slave of Lord Kildrickin, a manis- manifestation of order here incarnated for us in the form of this cardboard box." Sure, he wishes to discuss stuff too, Joe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good bit. Yes, so, uh, so he's like, you know, like once again. Uh, Morpheus comes out and he starts talking to people and he's, you know, his responsibilities like I, there's going to be nourishing, nourishment and suits, uh, sweets for your you know, for you to stay. He's like, I'm taking care of it all, and, you know, and he's like, and yes, I know you're here, that I have the key. He's like, uh, but you've journeyed far, you'll be shown to your rooms. Tonight there will be a banquet for you and any others who may arrive in the meanwhile, and tomorrow tomorrow we talk to be continued, Joe. I think he's open to can of worms here, Joe. 
word travels fast in the world of the mystic uh, here with our good friend Morpheus. Whatever will he do? Yep, yep, yep. So there's a bit that happens. Uh, it has to be. So we'll get there when we get there, of course. Um, you know, because next week uh, we'll be discussing. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, I just have my, my fingertips. Um, 20, 25 and 26, right? Yes. Is 25, I think, the 25 is the Dead Boy Detectives. Yes. So 25 is Dead Boy Detectives. 26 is everyone else making their case. And not to tip the hand too much, but if 23 was a pitch for a Lucifer series, 25 is a pitch for a Dead Boy Detective series, right? It is. It definitely is. And I mean, not, and we'll get there when we get there. But there's a Dead Boy Detective miniseries going on right now, and there's a TV show. Yeah. So. But so, I do like, I'm not going to say, is the pitch that uh, Order uh, gives to uh, to, to uh, Morpheus. That's uh, that's always stuck with me. But, yep. but there's a bit in issue 26 specifically with Morpheus and the key itself. That is one of those moments of any comic book that have just stuck with me forever. Mm-hmm. And I, again, it's been a while and I need to like rejog the memory, but it's... If only it was that easy, I'll say. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm loving, I'm loving rereading this stuff. Um, you know, th- it's great stuff, and I, I'm hearing from more and more folks uh, that are doing a reread through it, a first time read of it, and uh, we do appreciate you coming along for the ride, and uh, hopefully you stick with us the entire way through because I think. Uh, whether it's your first time or your hundred and first time reading this, I think you're going to be as equally rewarded. You know. You know what? I forgot how well written this is, Joe. <laughs> I keep saying it every time, but Season of the Mist is so good. Yeah, two years in, Neil's kind of kind of finally sort of figured it out, huh? Firing on all cylinders for sure. Uh, so, um, if you want to help us out and support the show, of course, we got a couple different ways that you could do so. Uh, this week is the tea public sale. Uh, it actually starts on Thursday and runs through the weekend, 35% off any and all of those designs, uh, stuff inspired by this show, inspired by after dark, inspired by the soon to be named network in general. Um, you could also buy shirts and pins and stickers directly from me. I'll be happy to uh, share the wealth there with you. Uh, You can make any and all of your purchases through our eBay affiliate links. Uh, There is a link in um, the show notes and pretty much everywhere that you can find the show uh, information on the link. Very clearly labeled uh, (laughs) in regards, and I'm going to read this here. When you click on links to various merchants on this site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. When you use the affiliate link anytime you want to buy anything and support us at the same time. Okay. Uh, Another way, a little bit more directly to support us is signing up for our Patreon uh, patreon.com slash longboxheroes a dollar a month, five dollars a month is going to get you those two bonus shows from Todd and myself previewing the past where we look at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog and this year we're doing comic book oddities on our movie show where we're looking at some of the lesser known, some of the more um, oft overlooked 
uh, films pre-Iron Man in 2010. Uh, we just recently recorded this past weekend the 1978 TV movie Doctor Strange. <laughs> and I'm not going to say that uh, it was because of our discussion of that and the female lead uh, being named after uh, Doctor Strange character Clea. And then Clea being a new playable character in Marvel Puzzle Quest is a coincidence. Uh, I'm going to say it's directly influenced by our Patreon show. It's the it's the LBH effect. That's right. Um, also, that Patreon number or the, your patronage is going to get you those full scans of those previews catalogs that we have uh, that we talk about every month. Uh, expertly done, high quality scans, except for the last 30 or so pages. Those are kind of shoddy. Um, but like I said, we have a whole archive of those going back three years now of the catalogs, three years of the podcasts and the movie shows, and uh, $5 is going to get you those shows before everyone else, and it's going to get you Longbox Heroes After Dark two days before everyone else, so you can listen to the shows in the correct listening order. Yes. Um, right, so that's it. Before we get into Mandalorian, let me touch on Shazam Fury of the Gods, huh? Oh, sure. Why not? Go ahead. Floor's yours, Joe. All right. Movie was fun. Um, definitely go see it. Not without its flaws, right? Um, you know, I know a lot of people are pointing to the movie being a big box office bomb. And I know a couple weeks ago on the show, we talked about the stories that were more or less confirmed on social media by Zachary Levi uh, in regards to, um, you know, people wanting to pin the failure on this movie for every reason that you possibly can. And the big one is that they wanted The Rock to do a cameo in this coming off of Black Adam. The Rock didn't want to. The Rock used his sway or whatever it is to get the Henry Cavill Superman cameo in his movie. Because as we all know, Black Adam's true nemesis is Superman, not Captain Marvel, right? Shazam. Right, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Uh, Get into that a little bit. So... My biggest, my biggest, so I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't know who the villains were. I didn't know what the plot was. I didn't know what the storyline was. But it's a fun, action-y romp, right? If you want to have fun, shoot your brain off for like two hours and go have some fun, go have some fun, right? Um, The only complaints I really have about the movie are because there's so many Marvel family members, they start like these like character moments or plot devices for them and then never pay them off. Right. Okay. Um, and it's just kind of like, well, you, instead of trying to get like one character over, you're essentially getting a team of characters that are all the same character over, but then you try to differentiate them by their human qualities, but then you don't like you start something and then there's no payoff to it. Right. Like mm-hmm. Mary Marvel is like, Oh, you know, I I really want to go and study for college, you know, so I have something else other than being part of this. You know, not that there's anything wrong with this, but, you know, I'm older. You know, I I need to have something, right? Mm -hmm. And then she goes off to a college party that we never see, and she gets hung over, and then that's the end of that thing, right? It's never brought up ever again, you know? Right. Um, One of the other Shazam kids is cataloging all the doors, on the rock of eternity and there's a brief payoff to that but it's one of those things that they could have given the guy a little bit more than just be like oh, i'm writing down where all the doors go and i put little post-it notes on them right mm-hmm. uh i like steven steven is a pen 
uh, in the Rock of Eternity that writes down anything that you tell it and will answer any question that you give it. Okay. And there's some fun bits uh, involving that. Uh, I like the villains of Helen Mirren, Lucy Lawless, and a young girl. Or Lucy oh. Lou, rather. Lucy Lou. Um, like I said, good action. But I think the biggest problem with the movie is that it sat on the shelf for a year because of COVID. Right, right. And it had no momentum behind it. Yeah, you know what else? I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't. I'm speaking out of turn. I know that. But I think it also hurts it that it's kind of like what happens when you find out that a book's getting canceled. Like people just drop it. They're like, why, if it's going to end, why should I run? You know what I mean? Pay to run this out. And it's like, if, if none of this has any effect on what James Gunn is going to do, why should I go see this movie? You know what well, I mean? I'm just saying okay. that's what people think. That is what people think, and I get it, right? right. And the so fact I'm that something happens in here, so okay. And the fact that we just had the Black Adam movie and the Black Adam movie, so it's no momentum on the movie itself, and the fact that Black Adam looks kind of like Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and there was no connection between the two, right? I think if whether it was good or bad, whether it was a box office success or not, I think if there was a shazam captain marvel cameo or acknowledgement or something in black adam i think that would have helped build awareness for this movie it is lost opportunities there's that word again um because i like and you know i mean the rock is a genius and who am i to argue with him Hmm. but like literally it's black adam and captain marvel you know what i mean like they're literally the sinestro to green lantern the bizarro to superman you know the reverse flash to flash there, there should have been some kind of yeah. like, like, something with the two of them. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of what the word I'm looking for is, but you know what I mean? Something should have led right into it, and there should have been a fight at some point. Who doesn't want to see Captain Marvel and Black Adam fight? Unless they right. did in the movie, I missed it. So, and so there's two post-credit sequences. Mm-hmm. I don't know, did you have either of these spoiled for you? No, I didn't have anything spoiled for me other than, not spoiled, but I knew who some of the the actresses were the villains. You know what I mean? That's all I know about this movie. Okay. So the post-post-credit sequence, the one after everything is all said and done. The second one. The second one is Dr. Savannah in his cell. Okay. Being revisited by Mr. Mime, or Dr., uh, or Mr. Mime, Mr. Mind. Mind. Right. And uh, essentially just saying, like, why is it taking you so long um, to put your plan together? And he's like, I'm a bug. Look how quickly I move, you know? Right. Um, So things are just taking a lot longer. You just have to wait here in jail a little bit longer. Well, there's one more thing I have to do, you know? And we'll never get to see that. We'll never get to see it. But the mid-credit sequence is... uh, Captain Marvel Shazam gets recruited <gasps> by Harcourt and Economos from Peacemaker. Oh my goodness. To join the Justice Society. Huh. That's interesting. Yes. I would have went to see in that movie. <laughs> well, spoilers, everyone. All right. Uh, like, it's it's very much them. It's very, you know, obviously you said there's no tie to James Gunn stuff, but 
Right. Okay. Now, be, to be fair, <laughs> there's I mean, no way that you knew that. Right. And then to to not spoil it for any everybody, you're cutting your own throat again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's but basically this movie's in a literal no win situation. Like you spoil stuff, people are going to complain. You say it's tied, you know, it's not tied to the movie. They don't want to stay or the new regime. They don't want to go see it. Now, do you think that second or that first one with Harcourt was a course correction? Do you think that was shot like recently after like everything went down and James Gunn is in charge? Or do you think that was the original plan? If I was to guess, I'd say that's new. That was a okay. So with that, maybe we're going to get more Shazam movies. Or something, you know what so I mean? So, in James Gunn's statement, in his online stuff, obviously he's very focused on Superman. Superman, but he is doing his best to make sure people are aware of the 2023 movies, right? Okay. Shazam, Flash, Blue Beetle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing what he can to make sure that these movies don't get lost in the shuffle, but they're getting lost in the shuffle. Like, Shazam got lost in the shuffle, okay? Yep. I think people are going to go see Flash simply on the strength of the fact that Michael Keaton Batman is in it, right? Right. Probably that's the thing people are looking forward to most in that movie. Right. Whether, it's, that, a good, that, whether it's a good movie or not, whether it completely retcons everything, um, you know, it's completely whatever. But I'll say this, Blue Beetle doesn't come out until like August, yeah. and my local theater has had posters up for it for the last month. Right. Well, that's good. I will say, you know what else helps the Flash show? That uh, the main actor was getting a lot of free publicity. Oh, really? Yeah, it was everywhere. Who's? What's the actor's name? Let me Google him. Let me see if there's anything I find about <laughs> Should I have my safe search on or off when I look I up the actor of Ezra okay. Miller? I see his name here, Ezra Miller. Let me type that in. Yep. Ezra Miller. Huh. You would think that it would pre-fill the Flash first. But it pre-feels Arrested. <laughs> I think he did a cameo. He was a young actor in Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Right. Or that's his favorite band, one or the other. Well, I, I do see a story that popped up here that Tom Cruise uh, is going out and doing uh, early publicity for this movie for some reason. Because he saw it and liked it. Mm-hmm. There must be a lot of Scientologists in it. Hmm. Oh, a timeline of Ezra Miller's controversies. I think it means it says uh, triumphs. I think it's a misspelling. A timeline of incidents and arrests. Outside of Tom Cruise going to see The Flash, I'm not seeing much about this kid being The Flash. Anyway, you're going to see The Flash, though, right? Um, It's on the list, right? Yeah. Now I have to go see Spoiled Shazam, too. But yeah, other than that. Uh, well, being that I uh, spoke uh, longer than I thought I was going to about uh, Shazam 2, I'm going to let you uh, name that tune this episode <laughs> of Mandalorian, maybe? See, I don't think we could play that game this week. All right, I got a lot of notes. I, I have a lot of notes, too. So I'm going to basically do the book, the Mandalorian stuff bookended, you know what I mean? Um. So, you know, they he... Uh, Bo-Katan ends up saying, which was funny, the definitive Colonel Sanders uh, artist today was calling it Boca Raton. All right. <laughs> I, I can't. He's like, so I was watching The Mandalorian and Boca Raton. I'm like, 
No, I think that's where Seinfeld's parents moved. Um, so uh, they're coming back from their mission to Mandalore, you know, after wading in the in the waters. And along the way, they get attacked by a bunch of TIE fighters. And she has to, you know, basically they, they fight. He, she drops him off at his ship and they do their thing. Um, and they beat all of them. But then the TIE bombers blow up her castle, her home, and she's not happy. And she wants to take them all on. But now like a bazillion TIE fighters come over the hill. He's like, listen, we got to go. And they jump. They hyperspace jump. And they basically go to where the Mandalorians are, the armorer. And he goes and he brings proof that he's bathed in the waters. And uh, the armor is like, this is actual Mandalorian, like the water from the mines. So this is proof you are once again a Mandalorian. And uh, Bo-Katan is, she, they basically say, you are too, because you fell in the water saving them. They, she told the story. And they go, yes. She goes, have you taken the helmet off in front of anybody since then? He's like, no. This is the way. You're one of us now if you want to be. And since she saw the the thing under the water... And she gets to be a Mandalorian with her helmet on. I'm wondering if she's starting to come around in the Mandalorian ways. And she's going to be one of them. I don't think it's going to stick because Katie Sackhoff wants to show the moneymaker. But uh, I basically think it's going to be for a little bit anyway. You know what I mean? For sure. Anything on that? No, I like the TIE Fighter um, battle. Um, I think the noise the TIE Fighter makes is one of the coolest noises uh, in all of sci-fi. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So now is the meat and pot- is the Andor chunk of the show. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Kind of like that kind of a thing. Ooh, so and they- I, I, can, I, can I just say this? Because we did get our previously on, mm-hmm. and I just hope that Werner Herzog got a, uh, a paycheck for them using his uh, footage from uh, season one in the uh, previously on. You know, I think you get paid once, and that's it. Ah, But I do hope... Uh, Werner Herzog gets his money, so or Herner Vortzog, I don't know, but Werner uh, Herzog, yes, he so, lost a bet was, and ate his own shoe. Like I'm going to lose a bet and eat my John Cena hat. That's what inspired it, right? So I can't think of the name of the doctor, Pershing, Doctor Pershing, right? He liked the missile, um, with his villain glasses, <laughs> right? And for a second there, I thought he was computer generated at times, um. But he's given a speech to people. He's kind of like, like the, somebody who's been rehabilitated. The 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 Empire people are being rehabilitated, and he is, you know, in this group. He has a badge on. He has to wear these clothes, and they only get to use their numbers. And they have they live in a special like a like a in these housing that they're all together, and they can't even use their real names. But he ends up meeting somebody that was. During like under who was the guy the he uh, I don't have the notes in front but he was the guy who was in charge had the black saber Moff there Gideon. Moff Gideon and they kind of knew each other and uh, he didn't think he was going to see anybody from there and there's rumors that Moff Gideon has escaped which I like that there's just rumors we didn't see anything yet we don't know what's happened to Moff Gideon oh that they put him in a mind flayer there's right. rumors that he escaped there's rumors that he's this right yeah and I. I just have it in my notes that it's the New Republic Second Chance program. Right. So they get a second chance. Um, and they, Which I always think is a good idea to put all the evil dirtbags in the same place. 
nobody's going to plot there. Um, so they end up talking and they ask like Pershing, like, what do you miss? And he miss, he misses his, uh, empire girl scout cookies, the biscuits, travel biscuits, the yellow travel ones. biscuits. Now, Joe, are they going to sell empire travel biscuits at the, at the star Wars park? They'd be foolish if they weren't already on sale the next day. <laughs> exactly. If they're not on shop Disney, I don't, I don't want to live in this world. Right. So they talk and she, like this one woman who he's like, they, they never said hello kind of a deal. They're like talking, he's getting to know her. And it's like, at this point, I'm like, who's going to, who's going to evil the other one out? You know what I mean? Well, so they, okay. So I hate to say this, but I really felt as though Pershing was doing his best Yep, to stay on the straight and narrow not to stray, not to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it like it was really weird. And again, we learn her name later. And again, I'm not going to go with their numbers and their code name, you know, whatever. But her name is Ilya Kane. And that it felt as though she was really trying to manipulate him from the very beginning. Like whether it be just their initial conversation, or you know that she leaves the case of the travel biscuits outside. You know, we didn't know it was her though. Hmm. Hmm. Let me say this. What I'm trying to say is I I, I felt from the beginning she was going to do Pershing dirty, but I thought there might be a swerve of it going the other way at the end. You know what I mean? Like good writing kind of a deal where it'd be like, okay, so I get what you're saying. It just... I, I was thinking it was going to be a swerve, but I'm like, she is coming on so strong so quickly with this, you know? Right. But it, it I, and I, I mean, it kind of worked for me because, like, he was having his doubts. She was laying the doubts, and he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, you know, work on his his uh, what he's special at because it's outlawed. His cloning, the cloning stuff, right? Because he was the cloner. Right. And, and the, like he has to check in every day with the droid. And those droids, I think, were done creepy on purpose. Oh, they are because it's – and here's the thing. It's once again that that the Rebellion, whatever they're called now, loves the smell of their farts so much <laughs> that they're like, we're the good guys. And they don't see like what they do – like. It is kind of cruel what they do to these second chance people. It's like, okay, we're going to give you a second chance, but we're going to scarlet letter you and we're going to watch it. And you can't go any, and I get, you know, you're on parole kind of a deal, but like, even when he like, oh, like when the, the robots are there to interact with the people, but they don't care. Just answer the questions and they move on. They're drones. And like, if it was a normal person, if they'd put any care into taking care of these people, somebody sitting there would have been like, the way he's answering these questions, like, I need follow up questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but the sassy robot is just like, Meh, have a nice day. And, and the only thing was on the second day that we see of him answering the questions, where he hesitates, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you took a moment to answer this question. Is everything okay? And then he answers the question and just like right back into the, the, the programming, the pattern. Yes. yes. Because, and it's not even, it's like, and I know I'm being more specific is I just like that. It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You probably couldn't hear me. That's right, what that's they what say. And I'm like, that's so just, 
not caring. You know what I mean? Like if you pause, there's a reason it's not because all of a sudden you're deaf, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so it goes on and she kind of like talks to him and it's like, he has, he does have a, a story about why he like a sympathetic story as to why he wants to clone parts. He wants not so much clone people, but clone body parts. Cause his family member died from a simple operation that on another world would, you know, would have saved her life, but no, you can't do any of it. And that they're so dismissive, dismissive of them. And when he's at work, he's like, Oh, this empire stuff. Like, I'm not saying like, Oh, we should use the torture devices, but there's a lot of stuff that can help people here. And they're like, smash it all. Screw people smash it all. And I like the bureaucrat, like, oh, I got to do paperwork and up the channel. I don't even know if you could, like, do it because right. you're one of these scarlet people. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could see why somebody would be easily manipulated. So she says, I know where there's a lab. Um, and it's on the ship. And they go and they end up riding the espionage train um, running from robots. Oh, uh, and we get before that as they're like walking, like during the like the celebration or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're bonding, and they have the bit where like, oh, this is the highest peak in all of Coruscant, and they say that this is the only part of Coruscant that you could actually see because yeah. everything else has been built up over it. You know, it's right, one of the it's been paved cities. I, and I, then she, go ahead. I love that. I love that because I'm a big she, Coruscant mark. But go ahead. And she plays the rib on him to go and touch it. And then the little droid comes out and stops him. And he's like, oh, you knew that was going to happen. And it causes him to drop his other Disney Park item, a <laughs> photon fizzle, Todd. You beat me to it. I was like, are we getting that? The only thing was, didn't that, like, glow? Yes. Like, they're going to have to put that near the reactor. There's, to get there's that, a, that. So they glow, right? But then there's a bit where it's like, oh, your your thing is running. And it wasn't because you're just putting a glowing stick in your mouth, right? Yep, yep. And I assume it would be a gimmick where it's just like a normal ice pop and it has like a glow stick in the thing, you know, whatever, right? Right, right. But uh, I don't know. You, you put photon fizzle and you put a picture of Baby Yoda on it, you charge some dope 20 bucks, right? Right. Oh, I was so happy with that. Um, But then <laughs> I like that, like, they leave and he's so bad at being like, you know, like leaving the, the the place that they're not supposed to go, uh-huh. um, and I like the way she made it uh, made him think it was his idea. Yes, because that's how you always man- get. Fl- she was too manipulative. Right. What is her end game? Yep. Um, we'll get to that when we get to the end. Um, so they go, and he's like, "Okay, to continue my work, all I need is a couple of things." It's on the ship. They go, they hide from the thing, they jump off the subway, the train, whatever you want to call it. They get in. Um, he's like, okay, this, I could use this. I can use this. And once again, we get some more of his backstory. He's like, I never dreamed that I would have a lab like this. And then one day I had it. Yeah. His mother was a scientist or whatever it was. So like you generally feel for this guy. Yeah. They make him very sympathetic. And then as they're leaving, like there's flashlights. She's like, come on, we got to run. And they go and they get stopped, like, you know, by the, the, the guards. And he's like, oh my God, we're in trouble. And she basically turns around. He's like, yep. There you go. And basically takes all the stuff off him. Like, she's like, why'd you do this kind of a deal? And she's like, yep, take him away. And they go and they're going to give him the some more treatment. And it's this gentle light. Once again, it's like, as I said before, the, the rebellion, the new order, whatever it is, just being jerks. They're like, oh, we're going to do this. And they think it's messing with people's minds is okay. So well, I do no, like- they're not messing with your mind. 
They're just making you forget mm-hmm. one thing in particular. You're going to see some colorful lights. Right. And it's actually a very pleasant experience. <laughs> Unless you jack it up to Spinal Tap 11 oh, of the goodness. Mind Flayer. Yeah. Oh, and he's so, like, no, he's like, I've seen this before. This is a mind flayer. You guys are just like, yep. No, nope. Just colorful lights. Just colorful lights. So then, you know, the very on top of his job head guy is like, oh, you know, we'll just leave him to, to ferment in this machine. Let's go. He's like, oh, he was my friend. Can I stay and watch? I want to be here for him. Okay, I'll let you go. As soon as he leaves, cranks it up and flays his mind just like burns him out kind of a deal and that's kind of the end of the episode did i miss anything there at the end no it just has that look of whatever so she needed to know what information and what science stuff they needed to start cloning yep and he was the patsy who is she working for is the this emperor. from the rebellion directly or is this somebody else because as you said like as they put all the former empire people in the 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 leg up program or whatever it's called (laughs) is she working with somebody in the leg up program that's a former like empire person right what was the name of the group in the in the, the the final three trilogy that they were the new order yeah this is the beginning of the new order okay that's what I take it as, is it's these people, they put a bunch of people together in the leg up program. And once again, you put a bunch of bad seeds together who haven't been properly mind flayed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we're, we don't, we don't like this. We want to bring the empire back. So what are we going to do? Well, whether or not like there's a plan in place, this whole thing is for Grogu, but I do think the end game is to build the new order and build the cloning process to bring Palpatine back for the final three movies. Mm. Because that takes place, what, 15 years, 30 years, whatever it is. Whatever the timeline is. The timeline is. This is starting all of that to get to the beginning of The Force Awakens. I like it. Breed Snoke, breed it all. You know what I mean? But I do think Grogu is somehow a part of it. And again, another stealth um, you know, like sub thing here in the middle of Mandalorian. It's like, ah, oh, you got Mandalorian uh, fighting Tie Fighters, and you got Mandalorian a bunch of the other Boba Fetts. But we're gonna give you like some heady stuff in the middle here, you know? Right. And it was the heady stuff in the middle that I liked, and yeah. I do want to buy some uh, travel biscuits, and I want some uh, what, what did I? What were they called? Fizzle Fuzzles? <laughs> yeah, Wizzle Wuzzles. Photon Fizzles. My apologies. Photon Fizzles. Oh my god. Uh, you know what I'm looking up after we uh, stop this recording, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up this stuff, so it's all, all right. I well, we'll talk off air then, pal. How about that? Okay. All right. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. I don't think there's anything else more to, to say about Mandalorian, Shazam, to Sandman, or anything else that we talked about here, right? Right. We're done. All right. Thank you very much for joining us on our extra special 650th episode. Oh my goodness. Oh. For Todd, this is Joe saying, we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. The Rob is a long box hero. The Rob is a long box hero. He gives us five five stars.